You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Stage Door Podcast. Before we get into today's episode, talking to music theatre talent Connor Putland, we would like to acknowledge the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, the traditional custodians of this land on which we work, live and record, and recognise their continuing connection to land, water and community. We pay respect to Elders past, present and emerging. Eliza, take it away with the bulletin. Firstly, we would like to thank everyone who entered our first giveaway this week for the chance to win two tickets to the new musical Alice's Adventures. Congratulations to at martin.everett.79 for winning and we hope you enjoy the show. Last Sunday, it was announced that Queensland Conservatorium alumni Shrubshri Kandia will be leading the cast of Australia's latest upcoming production of Cinderella. We both can't wait to hear who else will be joining her for the Sydney season starting November 16th. For more information on tickets, head to www.cinderellamusical.com.au. Get ready because Bonnie and Clyde will be headed to Hayes Theatre Company from September 17th with Tegan Walters and Matt Verivis, who will be playing the title roles. You can head to www.hayestheatre.com.au for more information. Now back to you, Tori. Today, we welcome rising music theatre talent Connor Putland to the podcast. In 2019, Connor graduated with a Bachelor of Music Theatre from the Queensland Conservatorium of Music. In his time there, he played the roles of Marius in Les Mis, Eddie Birdlace in Dogfight, Jigger Cragen in Carousel and as a featured dancer in West Side Story. Most recently, Connor has burst onto the scene with his screen debut in the movie musical Suddenly, starring in the role of Harry. He also recently starred in Altitude Theatre's production of Once on This Island. Please welcome to the mic, Connor. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> Thank you for coming on. No worries. Got nothing else to do in a lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, right? How have you been? How is Melbourne treating you? Honestly, it's it's nice to move away from like your home state and just explore, make your own kind of connections and almost start afresh. Um, I think at university, you kind of have a thing. It's like Sydney or Melbourne, Sydney or Melbourne. And obviously I chose Melbourne. Um, I moved here in 2020. So great timing. I went straight <laughs> into my first lockdown. Um, but honestly, it was actually kind of nice having, getting to explore like local parks and cafes and not really have to worry about a job or like finances just, just yet kind of sink my teeth into just Melbourne living. I know. And I mean, you guys have literally just gone back into lockdown, which is crazy. I know. That is absolutely nuts. It's, yeah. <laughs> have you been watching anything or like keeping it? How have you been keeping yourself busy? Well, I have a golden retriever and he's nine months now. So he has be- basically yeah. been taking up my entire <laughs> lockdown. I have to take him for a walk um, twice a day. But every time I'm like, oh, can't be bothered. But as soon as I'm outside, I'm like... <laughs> All right, I'm outside. This is nice. And um, yeah. yeah, I've been listening to lots of podcasts. I've been listening to um, mm. Oprah Winfrey's Super Soul podcast when I'm not listening to Stage Door, of nice. course. Oh, <laughs> oh, of course. Of Shameless course. plug. Yeah, and she has, she's like such a great um, interviewer. And like, I loved her one with RuPaul and like Hugh Jackman. I'm like, mm. yeah, she's just amazing. What else have I watched? Um, I watched Raya the, La- Raya the Last Dragon on Disney+. Plus. 
and I was like oh, I unexpectedly really good and I was like oh yeah I haven't I haven't watched it either yeah, no, I've, I've seen it on it Disney yet. plus and I keep meaning to watch it but yeah I have not had the yeah. time yet yeah I know right I've had nothing to do so I've got like I've done everything <laughs> I've binged British Bake Off I'm started friends again like yes I have oh, no life same. at the moment <laughs> friends friends right? like there's nothing better to do than re-watch it for like the eighth time no knowing exactly what happens and still laughing yeah. every time <laughs> <laughs> but i guess you know as briefly as you can because i guess it's always a little bit hard with this question to keep it brief because everyone's story is a bit different but what brought you into the world of theater honestly i've always loved like making people like getting a reaction from people, whether that be like dancing in front of my parents and like um, watching like So You Think You Can Dance and then in the ad breaks, like pretending to like be on the show when I was little. Um, But honestly, I think it's, I guess everyone kind of says the same thing. It's always, I want to tell stories and um, like have that storytelling aspect, which definitely is definitely an aspect for me. But I think it's the, when you are performing in a show, it's that like intimacy of how special and real and live and cannot be recreated um and like just that it's so special and electric when you're in the audience what can happen things can go wrong um every night will be a different story that the audience is getting and I think that's so so rich and luscious for yeah just so that's why I kind of always want to want to pursue it that feeling of creating magic and playing pretend and being a kid and doing all that kind of stuff yeah I think that's what keeps me going as an artist or aspiring artist (laughs) yeah because there really is nothing like live theater because yeah it is it's live there's like stuff happens and there's nothing you can do to like change it or fix it but that's and it's such a human human experience that's the beauty of it exactly because like we as humans constantly make mistakes and have stuff ups and you know it also being live gives it the chance to shift and change with every single performance that you do. It's not going to be, you're not necessarily going to see the exact same story every night, even if it is the same show. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's, yeah, that's why even as an audience member, I love watching art and just because it is that escapism that you need from your day-to-day life. And it's just, yeah, yeah, I think I love giving that to people and I also love Mm. receiving that as well. Couldn't agree more. And I mean, part of your journey obviously was um, studying at the con Yes, and you were very lucky to do some great productions like Dogfight and Les Mis, like how great. Um, How do you feel that like your experience there has shaped you as a performer today? I think going into the con, it was straight out of um, high school for me. So I think I was very... I went straight from studying at like high school straight into studying a new thing where I didn't really have time to have that like human growth, which I'm having now outside of uni, but reflecting Mm. onto what the con kind of gave me was like, it just really honed all my kind of raw like talent that I had. I've never had a singing lesson before I went to the con. I didn't really do dancing except for like my school musicals and stuff like that. So I had a really crazy yeah like a raw like Connor, what? i know i know i know so, i did not know this <laughs> so naughty Wait, what i know i so 
I, Connor and I performed together when we were yes. in like high school, and I cannot believe you've not had a singing lesson. No, you were crazy talented. Oh, I, what? It's from I had all my <laughs> like all through school. I would like listen to Wicked and like all these songs and like copy like Aaron Tveit and Jeremy Jordan and just <laughs> not even have a real technique, no technique at all, just copying like flat the out technique. copying them. Is Jeremy Jordan? <laughs> That's just what the technique yeah. is. Literally, like alien technique. <laughs> well, you nailed it at that age, so yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you can only go up from there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like, that's what I kind of because I loved. Um, I had such a warped perception of what like a university musical theater degree would be. Like watching yeah. like Fame and all that kind of stuff, and being like, <laughs> "This is gonna be like Glee, where I'm singing every day, yeah. and we're gonna bust out in song." But no, it was actually kind of nice to be like told your critiques like honestly and like you need to fix mm. this and you need to work on this which I think is it's what real life is it's not always glee and you're not always gonna be Rachel Berry all the time yeah <laughs> we can aspire to be but are we going to be is the question exactly <laughs> no one can really be Rachel Berry but Rachel Berry <laughs> agreed I find that it, it can there's like this weird line both just like in the industry in general and like in university of people just kind of telling you that you're like doing really good or that like that was great without giving you any like constructive criticism because there is a difference between criticism and constructive criticism and like there's no point in someone especially like at university just saying yeah no that was great yeah like there's no way you can be perfect and if you yeah. if you don't tell me now i'm gonna get like you know three years down the line and have to make that discovery myself that I could have made three years ago if you had just said something. Exactly. And I think it's almost like it was nice to be so naive to musical theatre. Kind of yeah. like, oh, yeah. this is what musical theatre is. Oh, that's not how the industry works. And because kind of going into uni, I was almost as naive as it is to say, I was like, oh, I'm the best at my school, so I'm going to be great here. And then you go in <laughs> and you see a hundred of you people better than you belting their faces off and it's just like oh it's quite humbling almost I think it's a really um yeah nurturing humbling experience going to do a degree and then but I've known so many people who do like the diploma or go to a different um school like I went to the con but I know so many people from like VCA and WAPA and it's all the exact same like same kind of teachings and it's the same kind of experience where you're like oh this is hard. Oh, yes. <laughs> no, it definitely sounds, from what uh, Eliza has told me, it definitely sounds <laughs> intense. Yeah, I think it's definitely a different a different kettle of fish sometimes, but in the best ways. Like it will, it, it kind of forces you to focus more on yourself rather than focusing on other people because like everyone's amazing. So you can't just like, yeah. you can't sit there and then go, I'm terrible. And like, oh, I'll never be as good as that person. It kind of forces you to go, okay, well, what am I good at? And how can I get better at that? Which is, you know, the best possible thing you can do for yourself, really. A hundred percent. Yeah. And you came out of the con. So a recent graduate during COVID, what do you think you kind of learned through this time Entering the industry, it's such a, well, a standstill, pretty much. I think it was actually kind of nice to graduate to absolutely no opportunities. As weird as it is to say, <laughs> I was like... Well, I no kind pressure. Of, there was no pressure. And it, I, like, spent 
half of lockdown, like in my little bedroom, like singing, recording songs that I wanted to sing and learning new things because I wanted to do it. Not because I was at uni or I had an audition coming up where I had to learn these sides or fit this brief. So it was kind of actually nice Mm. to just like relax and have almost a break. But in saying that, it was definitely a challenge to stay motivated and almost passionate when there is nothing Mm. happening. Um, but in saying that it was nice to kind of just appreciate the art form of what theater and singing and, and having a dance in my living room would be not for anybody else but myself. And I don't think I've ever really done that before. Like even through high school, it was, I, I was so naughty in like grade 12. It was almost like, I need to get into uni. Like if I don't get into uni, my world is over. (laughs) Um, and like singing because I was like, I need to learn this stupid song for my audition and like not love enjoying it. So it was nice to kind of be like, Oh wait, this is actually really fun. Um, but yeah, the biggest thing I struggled with was probably motivation. It's so easy to kind of like, Oh, today I'm not going to sing. I'm just gonna, um, go for a walk and do some yoga. And and then you kind of forget what you're passionate about. And then you realize a couple days later, Oh, I haven't sung in like a week and like I should probably keep up with my craft but yeah yeah it was definitely almost um it was a nice little kind of segue into the real world I guess oh 100% and I mean it's kind of a weird time as well because you would have had to do like self-tapes for auditions rather than like being in person so even if things came around it was like oh well this is new as well yeah yeah and I had a taste of um real life auditions all through third year of uni like flying down to Sydney and Melbourne quite constantly for live auditions. So I kind of had in the back of my mind, this is what I should expect. But now everything's kind of flipped on its head. And like last year I was doing Zoom, like final auditions for productions down here. And it was just like, God, this is such a new game. And performing to a camera is, as you would know, is just so different to being in the room with people. Oh my God, having to watch them. (laughs) And you have to pick which one and you think, oh, I like some of this one better, but I like this one. And then you have to kind of just swallow yourself and be like, okay, that one's good enough. And and it's almost, I'm such a perfectionist. Like I had a dance um, self-tape that I had to do a couple of days ago and I said, all right, I'll do it. I'll smash it out in half an hour. I spent two hours till I was sweaty and exhausted doing this self tape. And I was like, what am I doing? The first one was fine, but it's just, yeah, yeah, a whole new little self tape game where you have to think um, you should treat it almost as if it was a live audition where, all right, that's a good take. Like, let's let's send that and see what happens just leave it yeah yeah well I thought we could actually play a little bit of a game now um so on the obviously the theme of you being in the movie musical suddenly we're going to do a little bit of a movie musical trivia kind of thing yay so (laughs) okay so this should be a bit of fun um I might get Tori to go first this might be the easiest way and then we'll go (laughs) so I'm literally gonna ask you some questions there's gonna be some options and then I have like the final round which is where there aren't any options and you've just got to buzz in and see if you win. Okay. So I'll give you each a question first. So Tori, you're going to go first. Okay. Okay. (laughs) What? (laughs) These might be too easy, but anyway, here we go. Okay. What movie musical stars Catherine Zeta-Jones? Is it A, Annie, 
B. Chicago or C. Burlesque? Chicago. Yes! Oh, God! <laughs> the pause! I was like... Was anyone else... Annie. Yeah, I was almost like, who is that again? <laughs> yeah! <laughs> is that so naughty? Oh, God. <laughs> actually, really funny, Annie, she actually starred as in Annie on West End. Oh. I think it was either West End or Broadway. As and she was in Annie when Ms. she was Hattigan? a little girl. Oh, when she was little. No, no, when she was a little girl. She was yeah. in Annie. Oh, come yeah, on, versatility. I think she was either Annie. I know. I was like, huh? Did not pick that, but all right. <laughs> okay, yeah. this is a good one. Connor, what was the first song Rosie and Tanya sing to cheer up Donna in Mamma Mia? Is it A, Chikatita? B, Dancing Queen, or C, Super Trooper? It's... Oh, I know this. Oh. Is it Super Trooper? No, <gasps> it's not. I'm thinking of the... It's not. Do they sing that in the second one? No. They sing... No, no, they sing it in the first one. They sing all of these in the first one. And to be fair, most of them are to cheer up Donna, because yeah. when is she not in the dumps? Um, Think of the scene. Think of the scene. Dancing Queen? No. Oh, I'm, my Mamma Mia is, isn't is fresh. I need to rewatch the movie, obviously. Mamma Mia. Oh, no. No, it was A, Chikatita. It's that one when they're, like, underneath the stalls and she's, like, in the bathroom and they're, like, they go under the, the toilet and they're, Chikatita. like, Chikatita. Is, is that's not one of their wrong. hits, is it? Like, Chikatita? Is, that's not... No. Oh. No, it's not like the biggest, biggest. At a party, you wouldn't play that on the Orcs chord, you know. You're not gonna, yeah. You put Dancing Queen. (laughs) Yeah, you'd skip that one. Trooper. Okay, next question. Next question. (laughs) Next next question. All right, we're moving on. (laughs) Okay, so I'm gonna give this one to you, Tori. So this is your last one before the just pop in round. So name the missing greatest showman word. Um, This is from the lyrics. So, where it's covered in all the blank lights. Is it A, blazing lights? Is it B, coloured lights? Is it C, glowing lights? (laughs) See, okay. So, I'm not the biggest (laughs) fan of The Greatest Showman, so I don't listen to it very often. Um, See, I'm trying to think of it. It's It's in like the opening song, right? Yeah. I'm going to go with colored lights. It's a it's a guess. You got it right. Oh. <laughs> oh, congratulations. Oh, I tried. <laughs> I thought it was kind of the most boring option, but Yeah, I think so too. We went with it. Yeah, I was yeah. like colored blazing. Blazing. So we're changing it. We're changing it. Um, okay. <laughs> Sorry, Pasek. Oh, no, I'm actually going to give you <laughs> I'm giving you an OG one here. Okay. So what is this song from? I'm getting married in the morning. Ding dong, the bells are going to chime. Um, My Fair Lady. And oh, Too soon? Yes! Oh. I didn't even give you option, but you nailed oh, it. Oh, sorry. I, I, I thought this was like buzz in. No. I think I saw that at QPAC. The, the big one? Yeah, the big one. And Julie Andrews was there. Yeah, she like snuck in. Wait, was she actually there? Yeah, and then we, we I like looked down because I was in like the nosebleed seats, of course. Um, And she was like standing there going, hello. And it was, yeah, I was like, that's Julie Andrews. And then she left halfway through because she was a busy woman. Because she's Julie Andrews. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's my brush with fame. 
<laughs> okay, Tori. Oh, this is actually both of you guys now. Okay. So we've got Tori on two. Connor, you're on one. But you can still make it back. We've got two more questions. This is a buzz in one. They're going to be quite fast, I think, for both of you. Okay. okay. So buzz in your name. I think that's <laughs> yeah, the easiest yeah, way to go. Okay. What 2020 movie musical featured Meryl Streep, Nicole Kidman, Kidman, and... Oh! The Prom! Oh, yeah! I hadn't even watched it yet. (laughs) Oh, really? I watched the movie and I was, like, obsessed with the songs for, like, a week and then have forgotten about it. You know, one of those, like, kind of things that happen? Yeah. (laughs) I don't remember the songs, but I, like, I pretty much enjoyed it. I think the first half of the film, I think I'd probably enjoy the musical itself more because Mm. it's more about the girls, whereas I felt like the movie was just more about having stars in a Mm. movie and then making it about them. Stunt casting. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, it's two all. All right, final question. Final question. Yes, now to the final question. <laughs> All right, we're on two and two, so it could be anyone's game here. Okay. Who wrote the original book of Les Miserables? Connor. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> Oh, my God. I actually don't know. I just needed to get in. Um, it's, oh it's, it's something French. Um, it is. It's the French. It's the French guy. Um, think back to your history of um, music theatre days, Connor. <laughs> uh, 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 Tori. Yeah, Tori, go, go, go. Or oh, wait, Tory, as, in, go as in the original book of the musical or the original book, 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 book. book. I work in a bookshop. Victor Hugo. Oh yes. Yes. All I could think of was Vincent <laughs> Van Gogh. Vincent Van Gogh. <laughs> I mean, kind of close. Yeah, you were on the right track. Look, I'm not blonde, but I'm a blonde. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, literally just like classic shelf, classic shelf. Yeah, really yeah. big In leather your mind. bound book. Well, congratulations, Tori. You are the winner. I'm so sorry, Connor. <laughs> yes, but that's okay. But you're going to have to come back and, yeah. and nail the... Uh, yeah, you know, come back as the host, you deserve round. it. Yeah, you deserve it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'll try. brush up on my skills. <laughs> Yeah. That's a hard question. Mm. I was thinking book of the it's musical and I was like, Schonberg. Well, I thought maybe Connor would get it because he I was did in it. Les Mis. Yeah. And then I was like, yeah. And then I was like, but that is also slightly obscure because even if you're in Les Mis, it's not the actual writer of Les Mis. Yeah. Like it's the original book writer. So I was like, hmm, that might be a difficult one. Good um, one. But yeah, great job, guys. That was really oh. fun. <laughs> I loved it. Crazy. Love it. We, we were speaking on um Suddenly before and obviously for any of our listeners who haven't already it is available to watch on youtube um it's completely free to stream it is a brilliant it's like 30 minute musical that has been adapted well not even adapted it was a musical written to be filmed and connor you were a part of that and it was a very unique opportunity how did you get involved in the process yeah, of course. Um, so my agent sent me an email with this brief for suddenly, and it was a very um, it was a new development which I had never done before, and it kind of um, it ticked a lot of boxes for me in stuff that I'd like to um pursue and involve myself in. It was a, it was on film, which is an aspect I'd love to do more of and can um 
yeah, would bite at the chance to do again is um, it's a musical, which, yeah, ticks, I did a degree. So, yeah, we're, it's getting closer <laughs> and it's combined. So I was like, oh, awesome. Um, like, it sounds really interesting. And I read the, br- the brief for the character and I was like, oh, he reminds me a bit of myself. Um, super, like, like, wants to give and help other people and um, really selfless, which is something I really aspire to be as a human. Um, but, yeah, my agent was like, hey, I thought of you. Do you want to submit? And it was all done over Zoom and self-tapes, harping on back to that, um, which was yeah. interesting because it was a new work. So I had to kind of bring a lot of myself to it, which was almost really nice. And I guess that kind of co- skates into the challenge um, of trusting yourself and your choices when you are creating a character of your own that's never been done before and as I was saying earlier how I love to listen to Jeremy Jordan and Aaron Tveit there was nothing (laughs) I could copy and I kind of was just thrown on my feet as an artist to say no this choice works this run will work here um and yeah it was kind of nice to have that almost liberty of doing my own thing which was really nice as an artist especially coming from uni where it was always this is the character, this is how it's been done before, but this was like a clean slate. And yeah, I was lucky enough to, yeah, land the gig and then shoot it in December and then have it released this year. It's just been, yeah, it's been quite a, almost a long journey, but really rewarding as well. I I bet. And obviously it being such a different process for you, because although like it is, it's similar, it is a very different ball game at the same time what were some of the most challenging aspects you encountered with translating a musical onto film yeah that is such a great question because I think the movie musical kind of landscape is really hard to nail um I'm very interested to see how in the heights kind of tackles it I feel like every musical movie musical I've watched is so different in the way that they film and the way that they approach the music um, I thought the prom did it really well, and I think suddenly kind of had elements of lots of different movie musicals, which was nice. Um, but the challenge for me was having to minimize all of my acting down to this small lens that is so like in your face, like it was literally like if I had to, I could, <laughs> I couldn't stop looking at the camera because I was just like, there's a camera in my face looking at my yeah. paws. Um, <laughs> but it was also, I actually found it really. Um, really real and raw and intimate to do all the acting with such a low volume because coming from a theater background everything is to the back row and um yeah playing for screen is so it's a very it's a big challenge because I would watch some takes back and be like oh no that's way too big or maybe the acting beat can be as simple as an eyebrow raise or a look in a different like direction so finding what works was also very like almost experimental for me and having so little time just doing it myself with a self-tape camera and then getting the big big like rolly coming on there <laughs> filming all this stuff yeah. um yeah it was just a very new experience but I'm so glad I got to do it in like everyone there was kind of it's their first kind of producing job or first musical they've written so it was uh, it was very nice yeah. to be in that kind of environment where it's new, it's fresh, there's no right or wrong, and let's just make something for the sake of making something. And obviously it was during COVID, so we are constantly being like, is this capacity and can we take our mask off? Is this enough social distancing? Um, so, yeah, that was 
also interesting as well. Yeah, it sounds like it was a really great and challenging experience and one that doesn't really come around very often for people in music theatre, especially in Australia, like no. overseas, they do do some, but like like the prom and things like yeah. that, but actually getting to learn that skill and get to like put thing, different parts of what you've learnt into practice mm-hmm. is is really exciting. Yeah, yeah, it was really exciting. And having to drop in into a scene and then they just yell cut and I'm moving on and that's the last time you'll do the scene. And like, I was like, because obviously being a perfectionist, you want to go back and be like, no, I could do this better. But they're like, no, we've got it. So you're just like, oh, let it go. And then it's done, which was also nice, but scary being a musical theatre person where I want to do it again tomorrow. (laughs) Especially when it's a permanent thing as well. Like it seems fleeting in the time. (laughs) Like it's like, oh, it's fine. Like on live live theatre, if you just make a small mistake, it's like minute and people, yeah, it they won't notice. goes past people's heads. Yeah, they can't replay all no, the exactly. <laughs> over again. It's forever. So it's definitely, yeah, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's a huge question, but do you have a dream show that you would like to be a part of one day? This is going to sound really bad coming from I didn't know the answer for the book, um, but I absolutely loved playing Marius in Les Mis at uni. I think it's it's such a beautiful show. It's so sweeping and the music just, oh, it's just such a nice show. I loved watching it. It was actually the first like proper musical that I saw at QPAC um, coming from the Gold Coast when I would go up to Brisbane and go see a show. It was almost like, oh my God, I'm seeing a show. And now that I, <laughs> when I sit in the theater, it's like, oh, I'm just seeing a show. But back then it was like, oh, I'm seeing a mu- like a musical with actual people. And like, I remember seeing yeah. you and Voyage play Marius and I was so impressed and looking up to them so much. And yeah, I think it would be, it's been like my, it's kind of been like a, a bookend of my career so far. I, it was the first show I saw like growing up. It was the last show I did at uni. So I would love a chance to kind of revisit it and yeah, have a chance to play again. But in saying that, I would also love to, do like more film work and like and a netflix show would be the dream but yes. <laughs> who knows right. dream oh big <laughs> yeah dream Absolutely. big shoot for the stars that can all happen 100 <laughs> percent. so you recently got to do once on this island which was um phenomenal i got to see it and i absolutely loved the show it was breathtaking and it was just so well done (laughs) i know tori's like i wish i got to see i saw it i saw the revival on broadway and it's still one of like the most like it's my favorite like stage show i've ever seen wow big call it's it just is just like and i don't know if it's just necessarily the show or how Mm. they did it but like it was just every aspect of it yeah. was perfect. It's the perfect example of when something's written well, it's going to be great every time. Like there's yeah. when the text is good, it's going to it's got a great story, you know? So you can't really stuff yeah. it up. <laughs> I don't think you can go wrong with that show at all. No. <laughs> I mean, you literally came back to Queensland to perform it, which is an exciting thing on its own. But what was your favorite part of taking on this role? Oh. Daniel for me was I was just so infatuated by his arc as a character like he starts the show and he's riding around in this car through a poor village and then by the end of it he's um he's fallen in love with this peasant girl but he has to give up his infatuation with Timun and say 
no, I'm going to choose my community and my family and my status over love. And having to come to terms with that as an actor and justify that choice and when he makes that choice in the show and be kissing her in one scene and then by the end of the scene be saying, I'm not going to marry you, we were never going to marry. It's, it's, I've never seen such a massive arc in almost a page turn of a scene. Like this, yeah. Because it is a short show, things happen fast and... Yeah, it was a challenge to kind of make those things work because on text mm. he is pompous and, and bratty and spoilt, but mm. obviously there's, that's so complex to play. You can't just play that because that's annoying. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, yeah, it was nice to kind of give reason to make him human and find where he is relatable and not just being a spoilt brat and kind of, yeah, make him a living, breathing human that makes bad decisions sometimes. <laughs> and. And also be kind of likable to the yeah, audience. Yeah, Because yeah. if they don't like him, then they're not going to support how much she loves him. Yeah. And exactly. there is also that sense of, like, naivety from him as well, yeah. That yeah. Um, from her, that she is so infatuated by him and that he doesn't see it because he doesn't see some of what happens between the two of them at the same mm-hmm. time. A hundred percent. So it's such, like, a... Yeah, it's a really beautiful show, and it was it was stunning to watch. Yeah. And in a, in a weird way, it, the character almost beckons back to Marius because it has such a Eponine dynamic. Where, oh, what you loved me? Um, yeah, I don't know. There's just I've almost put myself in a typecast of playing these roles where they're kind of little brats, but then you almost like fall <laughs> for them as well. Like even in Dogfight, yeah. Eddie Birdlace is the exact same where. He's a bit of an asshole, but (laughs) you grow, you have to justify (laughs) these bad choices, I guess, which is always fun. Yeah, well, in in Once on this Island, Daniel is really like, you're so mad that he would not marry her, but you also still kind of understand where he's coming from, especially when you consider, regardless of the time it's set Mm. in, that would still probably happen now. And like, it does still happen, you know everywhere around the world so it's like there is that thing of like how how dare he like she loves him so much but it's like he's not saying he doesn't love her but he can't marry yeah. her yeah and it's just like it, he, he i feel like he really would be such a challenging role to play so congratulations for absolutely <laughs> killing it i mean i didn't see it but i've been told that you <laughs> oh thank you but you did yeah that was the biggest <laughs> challenge of course like having such almost uh, nasty character and then finding what makes them human. And because and, not everyone, nobody's going into it. Even like a Papa Gay in the show, we didn't think of them as the god of death as being evil. It's just a, it's just something that happens in life. And yeah, I think it's almost, this, the show itself is just so relatable and so magical. So yeah, it was real. I'm really glad I actually got to come back to Queensland and perform in it because it was just so... It really reminded me of why I love to perform and to keep yeah. going, you know. <laughs> Speaking about, I guess, you know, lockdown, everything that's happening as well as being in, it is a tough industry. It is a very tough industry. How do you maintain a healthy mindset in not even necessarily just music theatre, but just in the entertainment industry that we work in? I think as a, like a 20-year-old, I feel like no matter what industry you're in, you kind of go through this whole of almost what makes me happy. Like 
happiness is almost something you need to start putting first because in in an essence we're all kind of looking for happiness like if it is a new job or a partner what you really are looking for is happiness so i think yeah it's a question that i actually ask myself every day like how do you maintain because it is such a hard industry there's going to be so many no's and that wasn't something i really i i mean you get told you're going to have a lot of no's but when you and you get your hopes up and you progress, you get a call back and you're so close and you see other people doing it and you're like, why can't that be me? I guess those thoughts are the ones you don't want to be having. You kind of need to change that and be like, I even had that thought the other day. I was like, I am so lucky to be where I am and getting these opportunities. I'm like, if I told myself five years ago that I'd be sending in a self tape to this big casting person, I'd be like pinching myself, but you always want, more and I guess you just kind of have to stop and reflect and be like no you're always going to want more so just live in the present and cheer for others and respect their journeys and have this kind of patience in knowing that you will be yeah you'll be there one day but right now you're self-taping in Melbourne and it's cold but hey, like, you've made it this far, like, <laughs> let's keep going. You're living your best life still. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and, yeah, every day is something new happens and it's like, oh, um, forget about whatever happened yesterday. This is happening now. So it's just, it's a really exciting time to be an actor in Australia, I think, because so much is happening and it's kind of booming. It almost feels like after the Great Depression, there's this almost, like, renaissance of, live theater and it's just so so magical that everyone's so itching to perform again but yeah it's everyone's on the same boat I guess but definitely and I mean I guess on the note of um kind of auditioning and things like that do you have like any advice for people doing auditions right now if it's self-tapes if it's auditions for universities if it's any of that do you have anything any kind of advice on preparing for auditions yes I'm someone who, if I get an audition every day, I'll think about it and and be like, oh my gosh, I need to be in. I'll watch the bootleg. I'll, no, I would, don't watch the bootleg. I'll I'll pay don't for watch it. The bootleg, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'll um yeah. I don't know. I let I used to let things really consume me and almost like not a desperation, but you can get, say desperation to be a yeah. part of it. And I'm slowly <laughs> learning that whatever I send is good enough. And if you do the work and be playful with it, like the casting can be like, Oh, he's too tall, but like loved his, loved his performance. or like, he was great in the room. You know, you just never know what people are looking for. And it's, it's a hard thing to swallow, but if you just consistently do the work, you're playful with it. Um, you have a life outside of art is also really important like I'm still figuring that out now like it's so funny for me to be saying this because I'm like talking to myself being like stop (laughs) letting it consume you um but yeah I honestly you just got to take a step back and be like we're all just trying to make it work we're all just playing pretend like it's not that deep it is but it isn't you know so just yeah yeah, have fun and Mm. just let it just enjoy art for what it is rather than making it about being work and getting the next gig Mm. I think yeah Mm. I think that's so true like and what you said before about having a healthy mindset yeah just taking that step back sometimes and just pausing and focusing especially on what you're doing like right 
now, like I know for myself at the moment, I'm like crazy busy, but like I know that my show goes on in two weeks and then after that I won't have a show. And I'm like, oh, like what's coming up? Like, great. Like what auditions do I have? And then I'm also like, oh, I really should just like let myself enjoy this because it's going to get to two weeks time and the show's going to be over and I'm going to be so sad about it. Yeah. So just taking that time to enjoy and be also proud of what you're doing mm. right now instead of stressing so much about the next thing. It's yeah. so important. Yeah, because everyone's hungry for their next next kind of job. But there's almost like when you're not working and you are being seen for different roles, you have to remember like, oh, today I'm stepping into this character. Like that, how exciting that is. Yeah. Because I know it is so easy to be like, oh, I've got to self-tape. I've got to submit this. And Ren, it can just be, oh my gosh, I got to like a, such an exciting opportunity when it does become so repetitious. And yeah, yeah it's just... You always have to step back and think, oh, it's okay. Like, it's all going to work out. I love it. Well, thank you so much for chatting to us today. We really, really enjoyed it. And I loved getting to catch up a little bit with yes. you and yeah. hear about how well you're doing. <laughs> I know. It's been so good. Oh, it's been so nice hanging out. I know, right? I'm like, <laughs> oh, we should do this more often. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but before we leave, we're actually going to do a little segment, which I don't know if you read, um, is a bedtime story. So we do kind of a stage <laughs> mishap or anything. So have you got a bedtime story for I us? I do, I do. Okay, so this was <laughs> in our university show. We were doing Carousel. And there's a scene towards in Act 2 where there's a gun on stage and... I'm not in the scene, but I remember like being in the wings watching this and my mouth just like jaw on the floor. So we have a gun on stage and we shoot it and like a puff of smoke or something comes out, but it must have malfunctioned and the gun just explodes. And it's a really tense scene between like (gasps) the two leads. And uh, it's just, it was so funny. Like everyone on stage was like, the gun just exploded. Like, what do we do? (laughs) I'm pretty sure the actor just like picked up some like fragments and was pretending to use it like a knife. And it was just so funny because the audience was aware that the gun exploded. They were aware they were trying to keep the story going, but it was just so funny. And I love moments like that where you're kind of not experiencing the mishap. So you kind of just like relish in the other fact that you get to watch this random gun explode in everyone's face and it, nobody got hurt of course i'm making it sound like there was a bomb but it was just like <laughs> it, it broke um but also yeah. in low Mis, i remember because uh marius gets like shot or something um on the barricade and then he like yeah. is pretty much asleep or unconscious for the rest of act two and i remember um oh there's a drink with me is the song and i remember like vividly having to fight falling asleep like during the show every night being like do not fall asleep because it was so peaceful and everyone's singing to me and I'm in the center of the stage just like sleeping and I'm like do not fall asleep do not fall asleep yeah those are my probably two like that are coming out to me now (laughs) I love that (laughs) how much fun those are great stories thank you so much for sharing those with us and just for sharing your experience with us today it's so great being able to hear because you know everyone has such different journeys and are going through such different journeys in theater at the moment especially with the the state of the world in its entirety so thank you so much for 
coming on and sharing that with us. No worries. Thank you for having me. This has been so much fun. I love listening to podcasts. So I think it's such a great platform and you guys are doing so such great work. Your other podcasts, they're just amazing. And yeah, you guys should be so proud of yourselves. It's awesome. And I'm so proud to be on here. (laughs) Ah, I'm just so happy we got you on. I've been thinking about it for ages. I was like, she had Connor on the podcast. Yes. That'd be great. <laughs> we'll have to do like a 10-year so reunion. Happen. <laughs> yes. We'll do it. Ne- next show. Next show. <laughs> yeah. We'll be like friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Well, guys, thank you so much for being here with us today and listening to the podcast. You can actually follow Connor online. I can't remember. What's your Instagram, Connor? I'll, Sorry, I'll let so bad no. So it's C O. N-O-R, just one N. I couldn't afford the double N that Connor usually has. So it's C-O-N-O-R and then Putland, P-U-T-L-A-N-D. And I'm on Instagram and yeah, I'd love to have you follow me. And you can also look at Suddenly too. Yes. So don't forget to head to Suddenly's YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Stream it on Spotify as well yes. if you want. Perfect. <laughs> well, guys, check that out. Don't forget to give Liv a like and review on our podcast as well. Um, and until next time, stay happy, healthy and safe. And we'll see you then. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.